Welcome to 50 Shades of Shilamita, the podcast where nothing is off limits. As a multidimensional sovereign mom, partner, CEO, serial entrepreneur, speaker, and best-selling author, I am on a mission to help more women and men become fully embodied in their sovereignty and power so they can live their truth, speak it unapologetically, and live a life free from the matrix. Each week, I will bring you episodes that will awaken you, inspire you to think outside of the box, and step into the leader that you know that you are. The world needs more people who are walking their talk and unafraid to stand in their truth, and I'm here as your guide to help you do just that. Welcome to another episode of 50 Shades of Shilamita with your hostess, me, Shilamita. I am super excited today to welcome my new guest. He is a mastermind brother of mine, which has never happened before. I've been in many high-level masterminds over the years, and it's usually all women. So this has been like a really great treat to have a male energy, and I know you guys are going to love him as much as I do. I would like to introduce to you Michael Edwards. He is a speaker, a healer, a mentor, and a coach. He trained with world-renowned therapist and author Marissa Peer in her groundbreaking method of hypnotherapy called RTT and has been referred to by Marissa as one of her protégés. Michael works with the conscious and the subconscious mind as well as deep emotions and energetics in order to help his clients heal from trauma, break through limitations, and catapult towards massive growth, happiness, and success. I am so excited. Welcome, Michael, to the show. Ah, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. It's so funny. I don't think about, uh, you know, being the only boy in the mastermind. And then every now and then someone mentions it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a thing. I just love it. I love your smile. I love how you radiate. You could just see that you just exude love. And I know that that is one of your core values is love. And it is mine as well. People don't really think that about me because I'm so jarring and so disruptive in my content and the way that I speak. But I explained to somebody yesterday and I was like, you know, when you read my things and you get annoyed with me or or you think like anything, like just know I always come from a place of love. Like I don't try to purposely make people angry or, you know, if I think I'm funny, like I think I'm funny and I'm coming from a place of love. I know that my humor is not accepted by everybody, but it just is what it is. So I'm wondering where or when did you grab onto this core value of love and bring it into your work and your life and your daily being? Oh my God, that's such a good question. I feel like as a core value, it kind of has been there my whole life and I never really realized it, but I think I'll speak to where it came in with my work first because Marissa is so smart and you know she really teaches that the deeper you go into the mind, the simpler it gets. And it's really true. It's sort of this primal childlike simplicity. And I think a lot of people think 
of like, oh, deeper into the mind is more complex, but it's not. It's simpler and it's nuanced. And she taught me that there's only three things wrong with people is that they feel not enough, that they feel they're different and they can't connect or that they think whatever they want isn't available to them. And so in regressing people in hypnosis and really teasing out these stories and beliefs and kind of understanding what was going on, I realized that even when those beliefs came up, if you kept sort of teasing it out to its core, it always in some way went to back to love. It was it would be sound something like if I'm not enough, then I'll never be loved. If I can't connect, then I can't get love. And if I what I want isn't available to me, then I'll never be worthy to receive love. And of course, there's so many variations on the way this shows up in people's stories. But I started to kind of write on every intake form, how does this relate to love as a reminder to myself, because we spin so many stories that it can become easy to get distracted by what people are presenting instead of going right to the source. And so it was a reminder for me for a long time that that if I just remember to think about how it links to love and ask what's good about it, then I can always figure out sort of what the root issue is. And then in actually it happened in our mastermind, you know, we're reflecting on like, what are you really about? And I was like, you know, when I was a little kid, I was always kind of obsessed with love. And I used to dream up about, you know, wait, um, growing up and falling in love. And then when I was a choreographer, I used to make dances that were all about love. And then when I was a photographer, I used to photograph weddings because my favorite thing to photograph was love. And then I was just like, oh my goodness, this is such a core fundamental part of who I am as a human being. And I think that that's beautiful. Well, that's why I'm super excited to have you on the show this month, because all the shows are surrounded about love, because I'm hosting a self-love experience right now. And I'm really trying to help people connect to loving themselves. Because what I have found is that everything is either about seeking love or the lack of love, right? It all comes back to love, right? And so for most of my life, like I was just seeking to be loved. Like I deeply desired for that unconditional true love. And, you know, I didn't find unconditional love. Well, I didn't experience unconditional love until I became a mom. When I first became a mom, that was like when I first experienced what unconditional love was. But I didn't feel unconditional love towards myself until I met my now husband. And I was 31 and a half when that happened. And, you know, it was a lot to get there. Like I I think about the years that led up to me actually meeting him. And I did so much self-love work on myself. And, you know, this is like the misconception that people see what, or they think when they see us on social media and they see the highlight reel and they see all the good things and like, you know, the beautiful hair and, and, and the great bodies and the great lives and the trips and all the things. Right. And they just see this outside facade, but they don't know the work that led up to this massive amount of self-love. And, you know, it took a lot for me. I had to do a lot of mirror work. I had to do a lot of affirmations. I had to do a lot of clearing. I had to do a lot of shadow work, right? So what is some of the stuff that you've done in your life that has gotten you to this place in your life where you're centered in love? Yeah. Um, First of all, like same <laughs> to so much of that. You know, I I, I was the same. I, I constantly used to seek relationships because I felt like I needed someone else to love me in order to be lovable. And, you know, it, it's, people don't believe me when I talk about this now because I've grown so much. But, you know, a few years ago, I couldn't even look at a photo of myself because I was just so critical and self-loathing. And and so I also, I just hugely resonate with what you said, you know, and I think, I think when we think about love coming from the outside, what we don't realize is that we'll only accept 
accept love to the degree which we love ourselves. And I see this all the time with clients, you know, it's like you'll actually, people will actually have love and they're rejecting it because it's so unfamiliar. And it goes, this couldn't possibly be true. This, this person couldn't love me like that. I'm not good enough. And so that's where I think a lot of self-sabotaging comes from in, in relationships. But the short answer to your question about like, what did I do myself is definitely mirror work and affirmations and learning to talk to myself differently, but also RTT. And I actually had a session with Marissa on this and it like fundamentally changed me as a being. Like I cannot articulate enough how much having that session with her changed me. And it's so funny because I didn't even, that's not even what I was focused on. I, I think I said, they, I went in and I was talking about my body and I was like, oh, you know, like I, um, I weigh too much and, and I, I feel like I can't be in a relationship and all that. And she's so smart, you know, which is what she taught me to do is just to cut right through it. And it's like, oh, your problem is that you don't love yourself. And so she really got in there and challenged that belief. And I just, after the session with her, I just couldn't like unsee myself as lovable. And, and then it kind of grows like a seed, you know, and it's, there's like this incredible immediate effect, but then there's also the compounding of now I see myself differently. And so I live differently and I make different choices and I talk to myself differently and I'm, I'm embody like I don't know the essence of my being differently and then what does that look like two years later well it looks like a completely different human being so much so that sometimes when I tell stories of the past people don't believe me <laughs> right I I could totally relate to that and there was like so much to unpack there and what you were saying so first I want to bring it back to you and I had a conversation this morning because I was watching your stories and on there was a session of you doing the RTT so I, I definitely want to unpack that a little bit but in regards to you know your or the way that you viewed yourself, I struggle with this still, even with all the self-love work that I've done, right? I'm 43 now. I have a man who absolutely adores me. He tells me I'm hot if I have like snot coming out of my nose and like things in my teeth. And I mean, he just like loves me to the core and we have our family value is rooted in love. I mean, my children tell me how pretty I am, how hot I am. I'm like, oh my god like I don't know if you guys should be saying that to mommy but I love it it's like the cutest thing ever because like they really mean it and I know that they mean it but then I go and I stand in front of the mirror and luckily like I'm I'm super happy with how I look from the neck up now I think that I'm beautiful I love my hair like I love myself but this body dysmorphia thing that is happening and I'm finding now that I'm in such a great place in my life and like this is really the happiest I've ever been. It's the thinnest I've ever been. It's the healthiest I've ever been. It's the calmest I've ever been, right? It's like this emotional intelligence that I've acquired, but I look in the mirror and I'm just like, ah, oh, I don't always love what's staring back at me. And so these last couple of weeks, I've really tried to not weigh myself. Like since the wedding, I've put on weight and I'm more than I was a year ago. And in July, like before the wedding, I really worked hard to get into my dress. And I'm finding that now I'm weaving in and out of all of these addictions, right? It's either I drink too much, I eat too much sugar, I work out too much, I have too much sex, I shop too much, or I self-loathe 
right? And it, it all comes back to the self-loathing. Like no matter which direction that I go into in doing the addictions, it always comes back to this viewing of self. And so this morning, this clip that I watched of you and this client, her testimonial for you was just so beautiful. The way that she saw herself after just one session. And I'm wondering, you know, can you explain this to us? What is it that you do? What is it this RTT method that gets into the psyche to, I need this. I need this yeah. in my life. I want to love what I see in the mirror with my clothes off. Totally. So I'm going to speak to it in metaphor first, and then we'll get to a little bit more practicality. So the way I like to think about it is that all of the conscious that work that we do is kind of like weeding the garden. So it's almost like you go through and you like pull everything out of the top. You cut, you, you know, you cut off, you trim it down all the weeds, but the roots are still in there. And eventually they kind of like grow back. And so you keep having to put effort into weeding because there's the, the you're not getting rid of the roots. And so what I think RTT and the subconscious work and, and what hypnosis gives us the ability to do is to really get to the very, 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 very deepest root and pull it out. And so that doesn't mean that you never have a negative thought, that you never have to do work again, but you can just imagine with a garden, if you took out all the roots and then the maintenance is so much easier, it's like a little seedling, we're just going to rip that out and it's gone, right? There's the established sort of pattern, which really is a neural pathway is just gone or, or, or inaccessible. So it makes the conscious work and the self work so much easier. So I really believe that they go hand in hand. I, I think in order to have everything that we want, you, you've got to have them them together. And so from a, you know, a practical perspective, going back to the simplicity, it's often something so young that we just interpret something a certain way, whether it's true or not, what was actually happening, it doesn't matter. It's just the meaning that we create. And then we just start to see life through a slightly different lens. And for a lot of us, we go through periods where we're okay. And this is why I think people are resistant to the idea that, you know, a lot of this stuff comes from childhood. I don't necessarily know that it's the problem comes from childhood always, but I think in childhood, you're primed for the meanings you create later in life. So what that might look like is mom is screaming at me when I'm asking for help for homework because she's like stressed out about doing the dishwasher. And I interpret this as like, she doesn't love me or something's wrong with me. And I'm okay for like quite some time. And then I have have a partner, a boyfriend or a girlfriend when I'm 22 and it's my first love and I'm so in love and then I have a dramatic breakup as we do when we're young and all of a sudden that breakup feels like proof of this little belief I've had all along which is that I'm not lovable and I'm not good enough and now it compounds and now those glasses are on and now the see the mind loves evidence so it goes through and it's collecting evidence so I look in the mirror oh that feels like proof I'm not good enough oh I flirted with this person and they didn't message me back that feels like proof and so every everything feels like evidence of this belief. And so you can be doing all of this conscious work that's incredibly positive, but the mind can't really hold conflicting beliefs. And so that deeper one will always resurface. But, you know, in the situation with a client, a lot of it is going back, understanding what's the feeling, where did this come from? And then you you can relook at it with your adult mind and go, did your mom actually not love you? And it's like, no, my dad was a deadbeat and he never helped with anything. And she was a single mom trying to raise three kids. And she actually was doing that because because she loved me and I just in my child's mind interpreted it that whole way and so you flip it's almost like a, I think of it like a domino belief like you flip that one domino and it just trickles through everything and that's why you can address you know one or two really deeply held beliefs or stories and then it, it ripples throughout someone's entire life oh boy as you were talking about that I just saw myself as a little kid with cookies under her bed right my mom yelling at me like it's like all the things just got redownloaded and and 
And I love that. I love that you have to get to the root, right? Like I spent yeah. 13 plus years as an acupuncturist. So as, as an acupuncturist, when somebody would come to me with elbow pain or headaches or, you know, whatever they were there with, it's like, I could treat the pain from the surface or we could get to the root of the problem. Why is this actually happening? So you're doing this with the brain and the neurological pathways, which is super cool. Tell me what is the difference between RTT and like regular hypno? therapy is there a difference yeah so first i just want to say you like nailed it there that was i couldn't have said it better myself it's a hundred percent that's exactly what it is right it's like the difference between going to the doctor and getting like oh here i'll give you this drug to treat this symptom and really being like what is functionally wrong with my body right so rtt is i mean it's like marissa's life life's work and if you ever listen to her she is just incredible i feel like people even with rtt that are trained in it don't always understand the value of it because it's kind of a framework and a modality but what she also gives you is her approach to like psychology and healing, which is profound. I feel like I always think of it like, if you think of the mind as like a dishwasher or like a, like a laundry machine, I don't know why I have this analogy, but this is always what comes out. You think of the mind as like a, a, a washing machine and you're standing there and you're like, I just want to do my laundry. Like, how do I do it? And you've got one of these new ones that's got like all the dials and buttons and options and modes and maybe even like Wi-Fi. You're like, how, I just, I just want to do my laundry, right? And you ask someone and the tech comes and they're like, oh, let me show you. And they, they take off the cover and they're like, first, let's show you. These are the hoses in the back and they connect to this and this is the instrument panel and it's like made out of this and you're just like none of this is actually helping me do my laundry like what I want is the user manual like how do I do it and so I feel like so many people in the realm of you know work around the mind get so caught up in the complexities of how things work and the thing is I'm not here to be the engineer of my mind I'm not here to be a neurosurgeon I'm not here to do brain surgery I am the user of my mind the client is the user of their mind and so Marissa I feel like like just hands you this user manual while everybody else is standing there trying to dissect the washing machine she's like here's the user manual like this is how you do it and so there's like this beautiful profound simplicity in the understanding of how the mind actually works and combined with like this incredible humanity and this looking of people looking at people instead of going what's wrong with you looking at like what happened to you assuming that this person is this amazing beautiful extraordinary person and something has happened in their life to block them them from being that rather than oh you're just like not good or you are just this way it's like what happened to you what got in the way of your greatness and you exuding lovability and joy and all those things and let's fix it i love that so what does a session look like how long is it is it do you do it online in person how does that work yeah so you can do i do them mostly online like 99 percent online um which is just as you know powerful and effective and there's a fairly in-depth intake form that really helps me get clear on of what to ask and the first about 15 minutes of the session is the intake and so this is another thing is you know marissa taught me to really get down to the core of what's going on with someone in about 15 minutes which is an incredible skill in itself i've even had people you know say to me like i got more clarity off this 15 minute intake than i did off of you know like two years of work and reflection so that's really so we so we get really clear on and the most important things are what do you not want and what do you want and and the thing is i sort of sort of always come at it with the approach of the client doesn't know exactly what's wrong. They sort of know what they're experiencing or what the symptoms are. And then the client, we put the client in hypnosis, which is very simple. It's just like a guided meditation. It's just relaxing, going inwards. It's you're not out of control. It's actually really lovely when you get used to it. And then you ask questions and you you go back. And so you 
you kind of cut through all the noise you see and you know you'll ask people sometimes what what's going on and they'll tell you this long story this convoluted thing about their history of dating but then you ask the subconscious and they just go back to you know i'm sitting on the playground and i'm seven years old and no one wants to play with me i feel like something's wrong with me right and it's just it's so simple and then you you just get right to it and so so we investigate and we we get all the information we get the feelings we get the meanings we get the stories and then this was a huge breakthrough that marissa talks about in the way that she sort of rtt came, became what it is is that you sort of diagnose or work it we don't actually diagnose we shouldn't use that word we work it out with the client we call it interpret so i with the client lay it all out like this is all the evidence we've co collected how do you think all of this has led to what's going on today and with the client together you work it out and the one then once you understand why you can interrupt it you can challenge that but did your mother really not love you or is that just like what you interpret right was this did really no one like you in the playground you start to challenge this perspective and sometimes you have to be a little bit like a lawyer like the mind will present its case and then i have to sort of present my case and help convince the client of the good in them and but once you've made that change it's i call it the flip there's this moment you can feel it and i i feel like some of the most powerful ones that i've had have actually been with with moms there's this one session i think of in particular and and there was this woman and her mom she had a really difficult relationship with her mom and so she had felt like she wasn't good enough and she wasn't lovable and she constantly felt like she had to earn love. And when I was asking her about it, you know, like what proof would you have of the good that you are lovable? And she was like, well, my husband's amazing. And my kids tell me all the time, you're the best mom in the world. But you see, because she didn't think she was lovable, she was rejecting that. And so as we, we teased it out, we said, do you think that there's any possibility that all of that's happening? And they're saying that because they mean it, because they love you. And you can just see this moment that she let it in. And it just it's just tears. It's like a lifetime of love that's been held at bay can suddenly go in. And it's like an artery that unclenches and now you can give and receive love. And of course, love isn't something you give away and then you have less of it, it's something you amplify. So it just amplifies all the love from someone and then the last step is we call install so it's the last section is recorded and you get your own personal hypnosis recording and it's all of the positive realizations from the session the positive thoughts the positive you know reframing and then the client goes home and they listen to this recording every day for 21 days to just wire in the new thought patterns and you know if you nail that those four steps you know it, it can change someone's whole life gosh i love that that was so relatable to me because you know i grew up feeling that i wasn't loved I had to do a lot of mommy work in, yeah. in all the things, right? And, and I'm I'm not shy to say that like the role of mom is not my favorite role in the world. I'd rather be doing a hundred other things than trucking to soccer practice and all the things. But just this whole receiving thing is something that I've really been working on in the last year, year and a half. And I have to say like, there are just days where I just cry in gratitude. I'm so grateful for the love that I receive. Receive. And my children, every single day, at least one of them say to me, you're the best mom in the world. Thank you so much for loving me. Like they thank me, like they get it, you know, and I'm so proud of myself that even though this is how I grew up and this is what I felt that it's not what I'm passing off to the next generation. And I'm starting to love the, the mom role, you know, it's really growing on me recently. <laughs>
Uh, but going back to the 15 minute intake, I have to say that, you know, in acupuncture, it was the same thing. I would do like this extensive intake with people and within 15 minutes of our talk therapy, before I even touched them with a needle, it was like, I could unpack their whole entire life and get to the root of their problem. And it was just like, so like eye opening, you know, like I love when that light bulb goes off and it's like, well, wow. You know, I remember I had this, this one patient who was like, I, I've been in therapy for probably 25 years and you just gave me everything I needed in 15 minutes. So it's really amazing. Like when you're in front of the right healer, right. Or like when the student is ready, the teacher appears kind of situation that you're able to put this stuff together and you're really able to create change. And, and I loved watching that in your session the other day. I really loved that you posted that on your stories. And for those of you that are, are listening or watching you definitely should go check out michael michael how can people find you on social media so i'm michael edwards live on instagram and i think facebook as well and then that's also my website there's no dot com it's just michael edwards live so it makes it super simple for everything i love that and so now putting the the work away and and all the things what is something that you want the world to know about michael edwards people that are being introduced to you to the for the very first time what do you love what would you stand for like what do you want the takeaway to be oh man i feel like that's such a such a loaded question <laughs> <laughs> we've got time <laughs> Um, I think that if you have a dream that you're not crazy, because I think we've all been kind of like indoctrinated into this world. And I think people, you know, see us, see me and people that, you know, we work with and are connected to and they, it seems like we've always been this way or everything's been easy and obvious. And the truth is it wasn't. And, and, you know, before I started my journey with RTT, I hit a real low of my life. Like I, my, my, my career with dance had ended. I was living in my mom's basement. I was in debt. I was like overweight. I was self-loathing you know, and, and it looked unrecognizable to you now. And, and I had this idea to do this thing and it absolutely seemed crazy to everyone. And I always felt too, sometimes, you know, like I didn't fit in, but in some ways that's a good thing because I was meant to fit in with all of these, these entrepreneurs and all of these people who are like, you know, thought leaders and dreamers and visionaries, because I'm a match for that. So I don't know. I, I think, I guess it's not really about me, what I'm saying, but I just, I guess it's what, if I can do it, you can do it. You know what I mean? I think we see people in their heyday, kind of like you're saying, about social media it's like we also see people at a certain point in their life and we don't see what it took to get there you know the whole thing about like overnight successes it's like it's not really an overnight success it's just that the visibility all of a sudden you know took off but we don't see all of the work and the more i'm in this world and the more I learn and grow and the more I work with entrepreneurs that I realize that the game of like success and happiness and entrepreneurship really is the game of personal development and our ability to deal with our fears and our vulnerabilities and the things that hold us back on a personal level on a very personal level is the very thing that allows us to become a match for everything that we want and that we want to become. So I guess the short answer is just like, if you have a dream, just friggin' go for it. Have plan A and fight like hell and don't have a plan B because you don't need to settle. I love that. That's such a good answer. I definitely put you on the spot for that. And that was <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Because I feel like a lot of people who are in my world or on listening are struggling, right? They're yeah. on the struggle bus. And, you know, the last couple of weeks, I've really been talking about being on the struggle bus because people don't realize that even when you reach the high of the highs, even when your bank account is filled with money, even when you have the kids, have the husband, you're still going to go through these 
traumas and these childhood wounds and then forget about your life. Then you bring in the ancestral stuff, right? Like what happened to your grandmother and your grandmother's grandmother? And like now all of a sudden you're healing all of their garbage. And it's like, what is happening in my life right now? But I love that you said the overnight success thing because I'll never forget. I was on the toilet this one day and a sale came through for $300. And I was like, yes. I'm going to write the post. I just took a poop and made $300. Oh my God. I love that so much. And you know, I want to say too, I really commend you for sharing so much. And it's actually something that I've been trying to do more as well, because I think it's easy to be in this world of, you know, healing and personal development and feel like you have to portray this perfection all the time. And, and it was actually something I kept getting asked by in interviews and like students and clients, they're like, you know, but it seems like you're so perfect. It seems like you have everything so figured out. And I was like, no, like the only reason I know is because I've been through all of this as well. And I kind of know more about how to handle it. So that was a big thing for me is I was like, I need to be more not that I wasn't transparent, but like make a point of like when I go through something difficult, actually sharing it. Because I think if we don't do that, it creates this false perception of success. And then people compare themselves to that. And they think that there's something wrong with them. When the reality is like, you know, we're in rooms with people that have it all, have the relationship, the life, the money, the everything, and all the feelings are the same. It's just like you level up and then the boss comes back and you have to fight it again. But like now it's the level 10 boss, but now you have the level 10 powers. And then, you know, you get to level 11 and you have to fight the boss again. And, and and so, and the boss is like, that's like, it's our shadow self, you know, and that never goes away. And so, so learning again, which is why learning all of this stuff is so important. But I just want to say, I really appreciate and respect, you know, that you are so transparent. I think it's really important. And I think it's like, we all go through that. You know, I had a little dark phase before Christmas and I, I shared that in one of my programs and I go through it much faster than I did once upon a time because I understand so much, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. And so if we can just stop shaming ourselves for having not good feelings and not good thoughts, then we can address what's actually going on instead of you know compounding the shame or compounding the guilt or compounding the I'm not good enough yeah totally I mean a couple of things happened for me the the very first time when I declared that I was going to be a speaker in 2017 I went and I spoke in a women's circle and um it was at like a therapist office and one of the ladies had said to me at the end of the the thing she was like why would I listen to you like you have the most beautiful hair you're covered in diamonds like, you're you're gorgeous like you have have everything right and I was like lady you don't understand like <laughs> just a few years ago I was 250 pounds and I was living on food stamps and I had zero diamonds and my hair was so short you wouldn't even recognize me and you know in that moment I was like oh my god I, I'm like I could never go to another speaking event without bringing like some kind of you know PowerPoint or like I made like this triboard with like photos of me so that because people see you in their perception and they they can't get past what they're seeing to see the struggle that brought you to where you are. So that was kind of like my first introduction to that. And then pre-COVID, I had branded myself as the goddess of gratitude right? So the goddess of gratitude, she only talks about positive things. And, you know, it's all rainbows and unicorns and all things that are blissful. 
joyful and happy. And then COVID happened and I was fucking pissed. <laughs> and I thought that the whole world was about to wake up to everything that I knew. And instead everybody was asleep and things were getting worse. And so I couldn't keep my mouth shut. And all of a sudden this pedestal that I had created of rainbows and unicorns was being shot down and people were angry with me. Mm -hmm. And I was being canceled and, and I was getting like threats and people were like going to my mentors and telling them that they would never work with them because they work with me. And, you know, it was really eye-opening. And I spent two years in, in my shadows. I spent two years in deep, deep shadow work, going through past lives, seeing what a truth teller I was and all the other lives and, and how I got crucified for it. And I swore in that time period that if I was going to be a public figure, then I was going to show all the sides of me because yeah, I live this amazing life. I really do. And like you said, when I self-loathe, when I go through these lulls, when hard things happen, I'm able to move through them so quickly. And that's what I'm trying to share with the world is that we're going to go through hard things all the time. We're always going to have something, you know, it's like yeah. you, you have the perfect family and then the high school calls and says well your son is failing a class you know or you you think that your your little guy is like the walking buddha and then school calls and says he was yelling at another kid and it's like you know like you go through these things and a lot of people they go through the thing and it lasts for a really long time you know they get mad at something and they're mad for weeks or months or you know there's a lot of revenge and regret and you know my messaging is to let people know that whatever you're going through, you can move through that quickly. And if you can't move through that quickly, then there are modalities out there that will help you to move through things much faster. It's not about living a perfect life. It's about being able to move through the things so that you can live in the duality of life. Snaps for that. I've been trying not to snap because it's a podcast. They don't erect the audio, but like snaps for that. So what do you think what do you think is like a key component to you that helped you navigate that like that's a lot right like getting that hate getting that cancel culture energy on top of like covid's happening and you know so many things like what, what were some like i know you said shadow work and, and the self-reflection but like what were some like key things or like key moments that helped you get through that um you know the shadow work was huge i have to be honest i smoked a lot of pot during that time um which i've since stopped which is amazing yeah. because I've, I've smoked pot for a really long time. Um, but you know, I be pre COVID, I was a nighttime smoker. And then like, as COVID went on, it like creeped like earlier and earlier and earlier to the point where I would drop off my kids, I would come home and I would start smoking and it would be all day long. And mentorship, you know, finding Melanie and layer and being in her containers. She really, uh, she validated me. She saw me for who I was. She, she felt my heart and it was super helpful for me to work through a lot of the things that I had to work through. And during that time, because I had more free time, I was able to do her femme fatale, which really helped me heal a lot of the mommy issue stuff that I still had. And I've been doing the spiritual work for a really long time. I'm 43. I found Kabbalah when I was 23. So it's been 20 years of spiritual practices and works. And, you know, I've done hypnotherapy in the past and I've, I've done 
done all kinds of things, acupuncture. And, you know, I mean, there's different levels of acupuncture and, and you name it. Like if, if I see it and I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Like I'm all in for it. Um, and really just strengthening this emotional intelligence. Because when I first met my husband 12 years ago, I was 200 pounds at the time, living on food stamps, putting myself through acupuncture school. I was a single mom. And I remember the first night, like I turned to him and I'm like, I'm going to be famous one day. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be speaking on stages. And like, he was like, well, you're just so hot. Like, I just want to impregnate you. <laughs> this is what he would say to me. And I'm like, well, okay. Like, I just hope that you're prepared to pay for a nanny and that you're going to be backstage, like while I'm doing my thing. And so it was like, just this innate knowing that I, I just, had this in me that at some point in my life, I was going to inspire people. When my son was about nine months old, I got a copy of this Mind, Body, Spirit magazine. I don't know if it's still in print, but there was a 100 top spiritual leaders of the world list. And there were people on there like Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, Deepak Chopra, Oprah was on there. So it was my goal in that moment that I was going to be on that list, that before I died, I would be a spiritual leader in this life. And I remember the very first vision board that I made, I wrote that I was going to be a motivational speaker and I was going to be an author. And then I sat with myself and I'm like, what the hell are you going to speak about? Like my life was in shambles, right? Like I didn't even know how I was going to eat dinner. I ate Subway sandwiches for an entire week, one year, and I'm gluten-free now. So you can like just imagine what that was doing to my system. But I just knew deep down inside that like I was supposed to tell my stories, that I was supposed to overcome things and like be the light for somebody else. And so, you know, over the last two years, I just realized the more real I can be, like I can handle the hate. I can handle the dislike. I can handle it because the love that I've cultivated here in my home, most people, they will never feel an iota of what I have here, you know? So take it all away. If I was just left with my family and that that's part of, you know, what COVID really taught me was like, I don't need the house. Like when, when COVID first started, my husband is very successful in his business and he is a produce purveyor to restaurants. And so when restaurants shut down, his business tanked in three days, he went down 90% in business and we lost almost $800,000 in fresh produce. Wow. And so in that moment, my entire life flashed before me and I thought I was going to be on food stamps again. And so I went into the worst trauma response of all time because I was just like, oh my God, like, like, look at all this that we've built and created together and, and it's all going to go away. And, you know, what I didn't realize then is I'll never end up on food stamps again. The whole food stamps thing happened for me because I needed to heal those ancestral lines of poverty and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But like, I'm too smart at this point and I'm a hustler and I know how to make money and I know how to receive. And, but it was hard for me in the beginning to really understand that. So when the cancel culture started, I was like, oh my God, everything that I've worked for, it's all going to go away. But I realized in that moment that like, I didn't need any of that. 
you know, I like, I love my blowouts, but I don't need my blowouts. Right. I stopped wearing my diamonds during COVID because I went to go work in the warehouse and I felt so bad for the people that were struggling. And, and I just realized like, I don't need any of this. I just need the love that I've created. And so the love has just gotten so deep and so pure and that's it. It's like, love will carry you through it all. You know, like full circle back to how we started this conversation. If you have love, you really don't need anything else. Yeah, that's so powerful. And it's like such a beautiful, like articulation of, I guess what we would call personal power too, isn't it? It's like the, the once I realize that I have it all, like it can't be taken away because I'm not giving it away, you know, and to, to mention Melanie too, like there is just something so special about that Melanie and layer, isn't there? And uh, it, it's so funny hearing you talk too, because I feel like the moment we started the matrix, I mean, the first time you talked, I was like, oh, her. I was like, there's like, a, there's some similarities there. And it's hearing you talk about this too, because it's so funny, because I know I'm like, I don't know, my career, I guess, right now anyways, is that, you know, I'm, I'm a coach and like hypnotherapist or hypnotist, but I always kind of in the back feel like, I'm like, I feel like I'm actually a spiritual teacher. Like, I almost feel like that's like the long, so hearing you talk about that, I'm like, oh, I so identify with that. But, you know, I love that you brought up emotional intelligence, because I think for me, it was like the first piece was I just learned such a beautiful understanding of the mind. And I think for so many of us, the mind gets in the way of everything else of like experiencing consciousness and experiencing like the, you know, your emotions on such a deeper level. And and to me, before I met Melanie, you know, emotional intelligence was like being able to label your emotions and like now it's inquantifiable. So I'd love to hear, like, what does that mean to you now, emotional intelligence? Well, so, you know, the one piece that I forgot to talk about is human design. Mm, ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, hello. This is this was the saving grace for me, was learning human design. Right at the start of COVID, I had taken a class or a masterclass or something. And I remember learning that I was a projector. And in that class, they were like, you have to take a nap in the middle of the day. And I literally like almost had a panic attack on that masterclass. I was like, are you guys out of your mind? Like here I'm like this successful acupuncturist. Like I would see four patients in an hour. I was a hustle, 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 go, go, go. And and these people are telling me to take a nap. I don't even like to take naps. I'm not a good napper at all. And the human design piece has been so, so incredible because the more that I learn about my design, the more I fall in love with myself because I'm like, oh, this just makes so much sense right? So for those of you listening that don't know about human design, I highly suggest you go, listen, I'm going to find somebody to put on our show. Maybe I'll ask Amy if she'll come on the show. Uh, but for those of you that know about human design, I am an emotional projector. And this week, actually, in our mastermind, I learned that I have two waves of emotions. And our, our mentor explained to us that the one wave that people that usually have that normally seek out professional help for that wave of emotion. And so learning this about myself and understanding that the moon affects me in the most egregious way ever, and the combination of the two can be so explosive for me has just been such a gift because my children now know right? And I can feel it. I can sense the, the crank coming or I can sense that I'm going to snap. And so I fair wore them like mommy's cranky and they'll be like, oh no, is there a full moon outside? You know? 
So that piece has been so huge for me. And the other part of, uh, I also have a defined heart ego center, and that is my second emotion. So a lot of the things that I used to fault myself for, or when I would listen to other people fault me, like, oh, look at her. She's so egotistical or, you know, like, look at her. She wants to be on stage or, you know, like all that, like side chatter. It's like, no, I'm supposed to be on stage, yeah. you know, like I remember Homayo once said to me, I, I I forget what the conversation was, but she was like, Shil, it is like in your, in your DNA to be famous. Like you will not feel complete in this life if, if that's not you. Right. So I was in the channel mastermind that I'm still a part of. And the women there, they bought me a billboard for my wedding gift. Like they slapped my photo. Oh my God. On a billboard on a super busy highway in New Jersey. I mean, if you don't understand who I am, like here are these strangers from the internet, like they get me, right? Like, and it's okay to be me. And it's okay to want my picture plastered on a billboard or on TV or... So it's just this acceptance of self and human design has given me that, you know? So if I like hear somebody talking poorly about me in any way, it's like, fuck off. <laughs> You know, like go take a look at my human design. I am completely aligned with who I am. Yeah. And so prior to COVID and prior to learning all of that, I hid a lot of that stuff, right? Like I was embarrassed or I was ashamed or I thought like something was wrong with me. Like what's wrong with you? Like, why do you feel this need to be in the spotlight? And then it's like, no, oh, my chart says I'm supposed to in the spotlight it's not like you know it wasn't like this this thing that i just made up out of nowhere so i highly suggest everybody listening go pull up a human design chart and start learning about yourself right and you are also a fellow fellow projector projector yeah so i first just want to say i saw that billboard thing i remember melanie posted it somewhere someone posted it somewhere i don't know if it was one of the groups but i remember seeing like oh the channel ladies like did this and i never connected that that was you so i saw that so first of all that's so cool and so exciting i feel like it's something coming full circle and yeah like human design for me i was so resistant in the beginning because i was just kind of like oh yeah whatever and i went through this very like literal logical like science phase and that's kind of where i was when i started my journey with rtt and so it was just kind of like you know so show me the research on that like what, what is this it sounds so woo woo right but the thing with human design for me is that i had also started to journal at that point like who am i actually like it was almost like i was taking an inventory of my skills my traits like who am i actually and it was very specific right it was like i'm actually a lower energy person i actually do really well with one-to-one -one interactions i actually i actually i actually and it was just like so much clarity and self-reflection and then when someone finally got me to look at my human design it was literally Literally, like they had taken my journal and like it was the same and it's so specific and 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 once I stopped resisting and I just kind of gave in and I was like all right but you know I, I was like that with everything spiritual you know <laughs> so I feel like I'm so woo-woo now I don't talk about it that much but I'm starting to more but it changed my whole life and I've seen it change people's lives as well you know and, and even just in the advice that we've been given 
with Amy, who's incredible. Like she's the queen of human design. Um, and I agree. I think she'd probably love to come on your podcast. So, but yeah, it's, you know, it's changed. You take these little pieces of it as advice and it's like all of a sudden life feels easier and lighter. And I feel more like I'm in alignment. And I went from, you know, being like, well, you need to do this and you have to work on this thing and you need to get this, this page done or whatever on your website. And then to being like, I'm supposed to feel free and successful. And right now going to the organic grocery store and like stocking off on every Everything healthy and delicious will make me feel real. And you do it. And then I'm like, and also my space. I realize that my space, when my space is meticulous, like perfect, I feel really like it feels really good. And they did those things. And then lo and behold, it was like, I couldn't stop myself from doing the business things that I need to do. Not because I had to do them because I wanted to do them because it's almost like this feeling of freedom and success starts to compound. And then you're like, Ooh, this is, this is what gets me up in my highest vibe. And when I'm in my highest vibe, I want to create my, my stuff, you know, cause that's how we share it with the world. And, and suddenly you're doing all this stuff without having to force yourself to do it. And you know, it really is like magic. So yeah, I couldn't be more. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and, and you make it your own. It's like taking a nap in the middle of the day. Like that was not an option for me, but I, right, right before I knew we were going into lockdown, I I went to the hot tub store and I bought all the chemicals for my hot tub outside and I cleaned it and I filled it up and I started going outside at two o'clock in the afternoon and going in the hot tub. And then like, I remember like the first time I took a bath at like 1130 in the morning and I'm like, Oh my God, should I, be doing something like I'm allowed to be in this bathtub right now, you know? And so, you know, this version of me that spends a lot of time in my bed, I'm in my bedroom a lot. I bought a fireplace. So it's like nice and cozy in here or I'm in the bathtub. Right? <laughs> I just love you. I'm such, I'm a, such a daytime bath person as well. Like it's ridiculous. I actually like when our call went over this morning, I turned off my camera. I was <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, and it's like, there was a time not that long ago that it would have been wrong to take a bath. The Uh, the shame and the guilt, like I identify with hugely. I think that's such a controlling emotion, right? And it's like you said, it's like, no, that's your true heart desire. And you really want it for an altruistic thing, you know, but it's still like, yeah, the shame or uh, untangling shame and guilt has been huge for me as well. And just claiming like, no, these are my desires. Like I've always loved nice things and wanted, you know, success and wealth. And I got, you know, I used to buy expensive sunglasses when I was um, in my early twenties and, and, you know, my, my family would like shame me for that. And I felt like it wasn't okay to like want nice things. And, and it's just like, this is, I've been like this since I've been a kid. Like it's fundamentally part of who I am. And yeah, it's just so good to not have to feel guilty or shame around who yeah, we are. When you enter into these arenas and then you find, you know, soul brothers and soul sisters, like we belong together, you know, and then it like, it makes sense. Like the channel sisters, like, I'm like, what genius, like came up with this idea to like buy me a billboard, you know? And then the day I went, I thought it, it was like running like a day longer. So I went to go see it one last time and it was down. And I called my husband. I'm like, my billboard is gone. And he's like, well, now I know what to get you. And I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, 
not the only time I will ever be on a billboard, you know? And it's like just accepting yourself for who you are. And it really all comes back to love, right? Like if we can get into this theme of love and loving ourselves and like, I'm, I'm really interested in this RTT. I'm definitely going to book a session with you. I need to unpack the body dysmorphia part because it's like the, it's the missing link for me. Like it really is. You know, I talked about addictions last week and I I don't want people to think like I'm all of a sudden going to be at AA and, you know, sex, but not whatever, wherever I have to go for all these places, because it's like, I'm, I'm able to control all of the things because it all comes back to the one thing, which is the self-loathing, right? It's like, if I'm doing things in excess, then I'm able to shame myself for it. And then it like, it perpetuates this like whole cycle. So I'd love to get into that brain and and work things around. And this was so awesome. I love you. I love your heart. I love having you in my world. I hope everybody that's listening goes and checks out Michael Edwards all over social media. Tell us again where to find you. It's michaeledwards.live on Instagram, Facebook, and that's my website as well. And for those of you that are new to my world, thank you so much. My name is Shilamita. You can find me all over the internet by spelling my name correctly. It's S-H-I-L-A-M-I-D-A. There are no E's in there. My website is shilamita.com. You can find me on Instagram at 50 Shades of Shilamita. I also have a Goddess of Gratitude page if you want to go check out my older work. You can find me on Pinterest. I am the Pinterest queen. I love to hang out on Pinterest. And of course, Facebook. If you are interested in joining the self-love experience, it's complimentary. Come find me, email my team, support at shilamita.com. Come increase your self-love vibrations. Reach out to Michael. Do something for yourself today. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you next time. Yeah, I just want to say love you too. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you so much for coming on the show.